I am no Craig Tuck, I will say that. <laughs> but I appreciate Craig and his great ministry among you, and uh, I appreciate uh, him as a good friend and a colleague, and we spent a good amount of time together in the years gone by, and you have a, a great pastor, and I certainly send all accolades that I can uh, out for him. I, uh, I served 43 years in the Louisville and the Kentucky conferences. I served in Owensboro and Henderson in Hopkinsville and Middlesboro. And finally, these last eight years, I've been in Frankfurt. And uh, just this summer, I retired and my wife Barbara and I moved to Bowling Green. And uh, we're here closer to our two sons and their families. And we're excited about that. I do want to say a special thanks to Lee. Thank you for showing me around the, uh, or the, through the ropes today and, and uh, appreciate her hospitality. She's, done a, she's a great staff member and, and a great church leader, and I'm thankful for her. Before I begin, i got to say it's very humbling and a deep honor to be able to be in this place because I think about the many great proclaimers through the history who have preached from this uh, in this church They've shared the gospel and done adequate work, and, and what a blessing it's been uh, through the great tradition that State Street has. And uh, it's an honor for me to be able to be with you today. There was a preacher who was preaching one day, and uh, he said, Money, money can't buy happiness. He said, It can't buy laughter. And he said, Money can't buy love. And to drive the point home, he said, um, what would you do if I offered you $1,000 not to love your mother and father? And a hush fell across the congregation. When suddenly, from the corner, the back corner of the church, a, a young voice popped up. And it said, well, how much would you give me not to love my big sister? <laughs> A youth group in a church that I was serving one time designed a, a t-shirt uh, with this phrase on it, be kind first. I've, um, this is a special shirt for me. I've worn it around town some, and, and since I've been here, I, I've gotten some interesting comments. Somebody said, we need more of that. Somebody told me, that's the truth. But one person asked me, said, how do you get started? And it prompted a great conversation. And so today, I want to, on this first Sunday of the year, I'd like us to take a look at something so important that Jesus basically began and ended his ministry in this, on this earth with it, and it's called the Great Commandment. And I invite you now to stand with me for the reading of the gospel lesson from Matthew 22, beginning at verse 35. Here are the words of the Lord. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. This is the word of God for the people of God. 
Thanks be to God. Be seated. Jesus' response here to this test, I think that's kind of funny, this lawyer tests the G- Jesus, but anyway, uh, Jesus' response clearly says that we're to love God and love people. That's it. And what I want you to do today is to consider what Jesus is doing as he um, simplifies things. He, he took those 613 rules that we know as Levitical law and the Ten Commandments, and he boiled it all down into these verses that I just read to you a moment ago. Love God, love your neighbor. Five simple words. Can you do that with me? Everybody hold your hand up. Love God, love your neighbor. How hard can that be, right? Must be, because we can do better, can't we? Yeah. If we truly love God, friends, we'll have no other gods to distract us from things like, uh, you know, never forgetting the Sabbath or misusing God's name. We'll love our neighbor. We'll never murder them or steal from them or gossip about them. Never deny them based on any differences that we might have with them. Matthew 22, verse 40, it says all, not just a few, not this section over here or this little group over here. It says all, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. My family, this is serious business here. Love God, love God and love your neighbor. There's nothing confusing about what God wants us to do. God wants us to to love, to be kind first, if you will. And my question is, how are we doing that? You know, a lot of times in my ministry, I've had people say, Woo, preacher, you stepped on my toes today. And I want to say to them, you know, no, that's not my job. (laughs) I don't step on people's toes. I I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm a big guy. If I step on your toes, I'm probably going to break them. I don't want to do that. But it's not my job to step on your toes, friends. My job is to do my best to hear what the Lord intends for us and obey God by allowing myself to be open by speaking God's word to us. And if you get your toes stepped on, hear this, friends. If you get your toes stepped on, go ahead and blame it on the Holy Spirit. And don't go away mad either. But be thankful, see. If the Spirit of God is dealing with us on this level, we need to be thankful. Hear what God has to say and then act on what we hear. And friends, I mention this because, you know, often I hear something like, well, we hear something we don't like or something we don't care for. And what do we do? We turn and bail out, right? Before any of us jump ship, let's consider the Word of God. And if what's being said is based on the word of God, we need to be willing to be uncomfortable. We need to be willing to do the hard work of growing up in Christ. I like how Eugene Peterson in the message, uh, his, his interpretation of Hebrews 6 verse 1, he says, so come on, let's leave the preschool finger painting exercises on Christ and let's get on with the grand work of art. Grow up in Christ. The truth is, friends, spiritual growth is not easy. You hear that? 
Spiritual maturity takes place over time, and it is intentional. It is not automatic. And growth and maturity must happen on purpose. And it happens as we remain open to God's Spirit to work in our lives. Listen, God's goal for us in this and every matter is that we become like Christ. And so when the Spirit of God speaks to us, our responsibility is to listen and to obey. And so as we gather today, I, I want to encourage us to be open to a little self-examination. Well, maybe, maybe I need to say that a little different. Let's be open to the examination of God's Spirit. Allow God to turn on the searchlight of our own souls. L- let me ask you just two simple questions. Here's the first one. During the last year, Have you been loving the Lord with all your heart and your soul and your mind? Or have you given yourself more to other things like your job or hobbies or recreation? The the question really is, what is first in your life? And secondly, during the last year, have you truly loved your neighbor as yourself? You know, it's easy to love those that love us back. We, We get that. Family and friends do that. But do we truly love all the people that God puts into our lives? I know there are some people that we connect with more than others. I get that. That's normal. That's natural. But loving someone on the level that we're talking about today doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have to take them to dinner tonight. Okay? Are you with me? What I'm talking about is we're, it's, this is about seeing others through the eyes of God. It is an intentional decision to recognize that the person that we work with, that we go to school with, that uh, we live next door to, that they are God's image. They were created in God's image. They are persons of worth, just like you and me. And, and, you know, we have to be careful here, friends. We've got to be careful not to allow our love to be conditional. You know, you can't say, well, I'll love you if, right? That's, Prince, that is Satan's, one of Satan's tools to disrupt our lives and our relationships. Now, you might ask yourself, well, do I place a high value on people? Do I see them as persons uh, created in the image of God? Uh, the people sitting right around you right now, do you know who they are? Look, I tell you what, everybody, turn your, turn your head. Everybody look around. See who's sitting around you there? Look behind you. Oh, there's somebody behind you. Okay. Now, here's the deal. Do you see those people as an object to love or as an obstacle to overcome? Hello? Yeah. Now, some of you might say, well, Phil, listen, I I don't really know that I can love like that. There's a lot of talking going on in the choir. You might might be thinking, Phil, I don't know if I can love like that. I struggle with that. I'm not a loving person. I want to tell you something that might surprise some of you, but love doesn't start with you. What? No. Loving others has to start with God. And in 1 John 4, verse 19, it says very plainly, we love because God loves first loved us. Are you with me? God loves us. We we respond then to that love. Now we've seen a lot of examples of that. Let's say just in our own community, 
since the tornadoes a couple weeks ago and yesterday, <coughs> excuse me, neighbors who hadn't spoken to one another and couldn't see beyond their own fences now are surrounded, uh, that surrounded their own yards, now their fences are knocked down and we see neighbors working side by side to care for one another. Some of them, homes still damaged, invited others over into their home for meals and rest. We're seeing genuine signs of God-given hospitality. Now, granted, we were motivated by a tragic event. I get that. But what would happen if all of us, in our heart, soul, and mind, we intentionally return God's love for us by genuinely doing those five words. Love God. Love your neighbor. Love God. Love your neighbor. How could that change our world, my friends? And make no mistake, our actions speak louder than our words. So what does it mean to love our neighbor as ourselves? Well, loving our neighbor means that we do for our neighbor whatever we do for ourselves. You think about this church. This church um, places a great emphasis on welcoming people. It's on our publicity, it's on our website, you know, and all that kind of thing. But I can tell you from firsthand experience that when Barbara and I visited here earlier this year, well, I love you, so I'm just going to say, we got some work to do, okay? I'll just say it that way. Friends, the church should be a place, I think, where lives can truly be changed. I think the church should be a place where hurts are healed and where hope is restored. I think the church is a place where loneliness can be overcome and where everybody should feel needed and wanted. We need to be constantly reminded that as we love ourselves, so we are to love others. In Colossians 3, verse 12 and following, it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these, and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Now what does that mean? Well, let's apply that. Do you love God with the same wholehearted love that God has shown for you? Hmm? Do, do you love your neighbor as you love yourself? My dear friends, here we are. We're going to start a new, we're starting a new year. This is the first Sunday of 2022. I, I've got great hope. I know you do too. But as we started, I tell you the truth, I'm praying Praying that God will place somebody in each of our lives that, well, honestly, has been kind of tough to love. Maybe we don't even like them. And as we prepare to gather around this table, are we willing to admit that we could increase that love in our lives, each of us, for God 
and for our neighbor. You know, church ought to be that place where genuine Christian love is felt by all. And so I would close by saying today that in his final hours, as Jesus met with his disciples, he gave them these instructions of, in, on the matter of love. In John 13, he said, a new command I give you. Love, you can say it with me, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, listen to this, by this, all will know that you are my disciples. If, that's a big word there, if you love one another. My friends, could this be Jesus' word for you and me as we begin this new year together? Let's pray about that. Join me. Loving and holy God, we thank you for your command to love one another and love our neighbor. To love you, to love our neighbor, and to, to experience ways that that can take place. Let us never shy away, O oh Lord. Don't let us be afraid. But let us recognize that you are our God. You are the one who can watch over us through the ways that are necessary to, to be what you need us to be. And when people see that love in us, they won't see us, but they'll see you. Holy God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this new, fresh beginning. May this new year bring hope in all that we seek. And may it all be in the name of Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen.